At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is hour number two of the look ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Got a tremendous hour for you guys. A little bit later on in the hour, we're going to be taking a look at Stanley Cup game number one, Lightning Avalanche. It is going to be absolutely superb. As a matter of fact, right around 15 or so minutes from now, we're going to be taking a look at what we're going to be getting on the diamond with one of our good friends, Jason Weingarten. He does the podcast and show here at VSIN, the wide world of Weingarten. He's coming up in about 30 minutes. So we've got a lot that is on tap here, including what I'm going to be taking a look at with regards to my DK Nation article for Tuesday. How about if we wind up diving into an American League game that is going to be going down in the great state of Texas, 973-974, Houston Astros. They're on the road. They're facing off against the Texas Rangers with Dane Dunning looking to get her Dunning for the Texas Rangers and Jose Urquidy. He's going to be on the bump for Houston. Houston find themselves a little bit of a favorite here, anywhere between minus 123 and minus 130, and Texas is back to being an underdog. Anywhere between plus 110, Plus 116 with a total of 9 in this spot. And this is where I'm going to be looking with the DK Nation pick on the total under. This is a Houston Astros team that has been really on one of the biggest under terrors that I've ever seen. We are now about 60 or so games into the season with a lot of these teams. Some of these teams a game or two more. Some of these teams a game or two less. But with the Houston Astros, over two-thirds of their games have went under the total. 19 overs. 41 unders. The only other team that has played more than 59.6% of their games really under the season, that'd be the Detroit Tigers. And if you've taken a look at the Detroit Tigers, this is a bunch that they've got 31 home runs in 60 games. They are literally barely beyond Barry Bonds' pace for home runs from 2001. It is absolutely ridiculous what we're seeing there, but it's a Houston Astros team that everyone with regards to the pitching has been firing all cylinders. They are currently number one in terms of bullpen ERA, Rafael Montero, who wanted coming over in that Kendall Graveman deal. He has been able to do a great job with this team. Ryan Stanek is posting up an ERA that's hovering in the neighborhood about one as well. Hector Neris wound up having a little bit of a letdown for the Astros on Monday. I'm not necessarily shocked because it's Hector Neris, but still a lot of these guys out there in this Astros bullpen, they've been able to do a great job. And for Houston, they're 22nd in terms of runs per game. Now, I do think that this is going to be trending upward, and they've actually been able to score a little bit more on the road rather than at home, but I was talking in hour number one about how the baseball itself 
is getting affected a little bit more by weather with it heating up out there in the northeast part of the country, the Midwest. We're seeing the ball fly out a little bit more. You're able to take a look at these dome ballparks, these indoor ballparks, like typically Globe Life Park out there in Texas. You're going to find the roof closed quite a bit just because it winds up getting so hot out there in Texas that nobody wants it open. And then you wind up seeing that with Houston. They've always got the roof closed for them as well. They wind up playing in a little bit more of a controlled environment. Obviously, you're able to find this with the Trop, the Tampa Bay Rays. So those are always things that you want to be taking a look at. And Houston winds up playing in one of those controlled ballparks. And ball has not necessarily been flying a lot there. And the Texas Rangers, they themselves have a top 10 bullpen in terms of VRA. You've had a lot of guys like Brock Burke, Joe Barlow be able to give you good innings. So you do want to note that Burke, he is not most likely going to be available in this game. You want up throwing 24 pitches on Monday, but Barlow is going to be. You've got Matt Moore. He's been able to provide a sub-275 ERA. Dennis Santana has been able to post up a buck 50 ERA. So you've got a lot of heat there coming out of both of these bullpens. And with the Texas Rangers, not like this is a team that's doing necessarily the world's greatest job of being able to get on base. Among their starters, they've got two guys that wound up seeing the start on on Monday that wound up posting up a batting average above a 270 and three guys that were really above a 240. And two of those guys and Mr. Ezekiel Duran, and then you're able to throw in their Laoti Tavares. They just don't have a big sample size in general. As a matter of fact, for Tavares, I think that he's got fewer than 10 at-bats right now this season. So it's almost a case of which that's a little bit of a throw in them for the Houston Astros. I mean, the normal suspects have been able to do a relatively solid job for the team. Jordan Alvarez, he's been able to go deep 17 times. He's hitting above a 300. Jose Altuve, double-digit amount of homers. 280 batting average, 350 on base. Michael Brantley is hitting at 290. Kyle Tucker, double-digit amount of homers, 360 on base. Alex Bregman is not hitting for average, but he's still posting up a 440 or a 340 on base. But it's just been a case of which the bottom of the lineup with guys like Mauricio Dubon, when he's out there, Jose Siri, Martin Maldonado, have just been dead weight for this team. And it's been an Astros pitching staff that's really been able to pick it up. And I do think that there's going to be some positive progression for Jose Urdekiti, someone who last year, opponents wound up hitting right around about a 230 off of him on the road. This year, it's been a 335, which is why you'll notice his road ERA is north of a 6, but he's just been a guy that has been a tad bit unlucky in general when it comes to some of his road starts. And Dane Dunning has some of the biggest home and road splits in the game ever since the beginning of the 2021 season. Now, I don't know if he's quite Blake Snell bad, but it is pretty demonstrative as you take a look at Dane Dunning ever since he wanted getting picked up by the Texas Rangers. He has made 20 total appearances at home since the beginning of the 2021 season. 324 ERA, giving up 0.8 home runs for nine innings. He's getting nine and a half punch outs for nine innings. Control has been there on the road. 602 ERA. Opponents are in over a 300 off of him. So that is very not so great right there. And that's why overall for the season, he's got right around a 441 ERA to go with his 1-4 rec- record, but certainly something to behold there. And with the Rangers, just not getting a lot out of Corey Seager. Mark Simeon, to his credit, he's been better in recent weeks, but still, you don't wind up paying guys over $100 million at two twenty one with six home runs thus far this season. I'm taking a look at the under in this spot, finding it at a 9. Astros have been just on a historic tear with regards to the under, and I just feel like this hasn't been taken into account enough. I think that a lot of people are banking on, oh, it's the Astros. They're going to start to hit once again, but this is clearly a little bit of a different team this season that has been built around some very good starting pitching, and Jose Arquiti, a guy that winds up giving up just right around two walks per nine innings, going to be able to do a good job of being able to have his command 
be able to locate in this spot. We're also seeing this game starting to come onto the board as it's 975, 976 on the betting board. Minnesota Twins on the road facing off against the Seattle Mariners. We were thinking it was going to be Dylan, don't call me Al Bundy, who was going to be going for the Minnesota Twins. Instead, it looks like we're going to be getting Joe Ryan. And as a result, right now, Circa has this line with the Seattle Mariners find themselves right around a minus 110 favorite, even money with regards to the Minnesota Twins and a total of 7.5. And with Dylan, don't call me Al Bundy, I would have been willing to take a shot here on the over, but this is a spot in which I'm going to be taking a look at the under. Now, at 7, I think that you'd be going a little bit too far with regards to this total, but Logan Gilbert has been terrific. Joe Ryan has been terrific. Now, at a minus 110, I think that that's relatively solid value just because I wanted mentioning it a little bit towards back half of our number one. I always love the angle of being able to fade guys after they wind up having a period of inactivity and or they wind up coming off the injured list. And Joe Ryan, it's going to be his first start in quite a while now. A young up-and-comer who has been able to do a tremendous job ever since he got promoted to the big leagues last season. He has overall for the season in his eight starts this year, went five and two, eight and a half strikeouts per nine innings. Relatively solid job with command, three walks per nine. I do think that he's doing for a little bit of negative regression. You take a look at the ERA. Right now, it's a 228. Fielding independent is more like a 328. So still relatively solid, but he's probably been getting a little bit lucky thus far this season. But Logan Gilbert, guy has been absolutely lights up all season long. 245 ERA. Someone who has actually been pitching a little bit better on the road than at home ever since he got promoted to the big leagues. But does a nice job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. Home runs per nine rate, right around at 0.6. And when it comes to ballparks and the ball flying a little bit more, you'll notice that out there on the West Coast in these night games, it's very pitcher-friendly. It's just in the case of Oakland, the marine layer is out. Typically, when it comes to cities like Seattle, Los Angeles, it's just a little bit heavier. San Diego obviously comes to mind. Petco is one of the most pitcher-friendly ballparks out there in the big leagues. And T-Mobile Field here, it is a case in which it is a little bit more pitcher-friendly. So that has been able to help out Logan Gilbert a little bit. His stuff has just been on point in general. Now, the one risk that you do wind up running with the Seattle Mariners is that a bullpen that was very good last year, it has not been so great this season. Drew Seconrider was a big part of what the Seattle Mariners were able to do in being able to get to north of 90 wins last season. He was so bad this year that not only has he been sent down to the minor leagues, he got DFA'd. So that was not tremendous for this team. You've had a lot of guys like Eric Swanson, who was able to lend the team some solid innings. He is currently dealing with an injury and then Sergio Roma. Well, the guy's about 575 years old and is an ERA as right around a six. So that's not too tremendous. The Minnesota Twins maybe deal with a couple of bullpen ailments as well, though they did wind up getting Emilio Pagan back the full end. What you want to be taking a look at for the Minnesota Twins is does Byron Buxton wind up having a big game or not? Because he is getting a home run every 10 or so at bats has been magnificent for this Minnesota Twins team as he wound up having two multi-home run games in that series alone against the Tampa Bay Rays. You can tell that he just wasn't fully himself a few weeks ago. There was a period of time for for much of the month of May. It was something like May 7th, May 8th, and then it wrapped up in the back half of May, in which he wound up playing in 12 games, wound up having just three hits. He clearly was not playing at 100%. Now he's back to 100%. Now he's back to being able to hit bombs. Wound up hitting another one on Monday for his 18th of the campaign. I mean, just absolutely amazing what we're seeing. And Luis Arias, this guy really goes under the radar because he doesn't do a lot flashy, doesn't wind up having the deep ball. 
Guy's hitting a 362 with a 444 on base, but the problem is, what are you going to be able to get at the bottom? Jose Miranda. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey, Gary Sanchez, Evan Essay, been too terrific. We have not seen Miguel Sano out there in the fold for quite a while. And for the Seattle Mariners, they were one of the worst teams with regards to batting average last season. This season, you've had Ty France, JP Crawford be able to get on base for the team. But really, other than Eugenio Suarez, you don't have a single guy that's been able to give you a double digit amount of homers. He's got right around 325 on base, but you expected a little bit more. Then a 210 batting average out of Jesse Winker. But I do think that Gilbert going to be able to do a solid job in this game. And Joe Ryan, with him not having started in quite a while, him doing for a little bit of regression, I do think that it's going to be happening here. At the current 7.5 that I'm seeing, I'm willing to take a look at an under and willing to trust in the Seattle Mariners. And something else I trust in, a very good Stanley Cup final. We're going to dive into game one for the battle for Lord Stanley Cup next. Right here on VSIN, Esports Bang Network. The MLB season is in full swing, and you can play ball with the Peacock MLB Sunday Leadoff Challenge. Just draft your players and compete for free for up to $10,000 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com Peacock for more info. Don't just watch your shows. Peacock them. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details, as is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, and Every time I hear the word peacock, all I can think is Mark Wahlberg from the other guys saying, I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly. But with that said, we are going to be flying with regards to our baseball content here in about 15 or so minutes as we're going to be joined by Jason Weingarten. Does a great job with the podcast here at Beeson with the world of Weingarten. He's going to be joining me. We're going to dive into a little bit more of the futures market with him. We're also going to be taking a look at a few games for Tuesday and I'm going to be hitting as many games for the Tuesday MLB board as possible here on the look at as I am in for Scott Seidenberg. Very happy to be in with regards to this wonderful show as we've got everything going on. Stanley Cup Finals is going to be getting going in less than 24 hours. We've got the NBA Finals in full swing. Game 6 is going to be happening in a few days. We've got the U.S. Open that is going to be going down this week. We've got the MLB that is happening as well. Heck, we've got WNBA action as well. Talked about that here on the show yesterday with Daniel Avari. So a little bit of everything, a little bit of something for everyone. And hey, it's right now not football season, but never too early to look at. Matt Landis is going to be joining me in the final hour to be able to do that. He does a great job with 
taking a look at the NFL futures market as well. So we've got a little bit of something for everyone. And we've got a little bit of hockey that's going to be going down on Tuesday as it's going to be game one of the finals between the Lightning and the Avalanche. And we've seen a little bit of money come in on the Tampa Bay Lightning, both in terms of game one and also for the series as well. You may recall that when the Lightning were in their game six bout with the New York Rangers, we were finding the Colorado Avalanche right around minus $2 with regards to odds to be able to win the Stanley Cup. And right after the Lightning were able to get it done, you're finding this in a lot of places, more around minus 190, minus 185-ish. And a lot of places have settled in with regards to a series price in this one of the Avalanche being right around a minus 170 to a minus 175, right around a plus 150 to a plus 155 is what you're going to be able to take the is what you're going to be able to take with regards to a plus price on the Lightning. And in terms of game one, right now the Avalanche at DraftKings find themselves a minus 155 favorite and Lightning right around about a plus 135. And this is one in which it opened up more around minus 165, minus 170. And I do agree with the move because we're seeing it with regards to both of these teams. It is a case in which the Colorado Avalanche, they are dealing with a couple of ailments. And when it comes to the Tampa Bay Lightning, Braden Point has been able to skate with the team the last few weeks, so that is going to be very impactful. Now, we're going to need to see what his availability is going to be in both Game 1 and moving forward. And not just will Braden Point be able to skate at some point during the series and if he's going to be able to go in Game 1, how close to 100% is he going to be as well? That's always just the most important thing because you always wind up getting asked, oh, is Player X, Player Y going to be able to play? And sure, you could wind up seeing insert mobile quarterback here to use a little bit of a football reference wind up being out there. But if the mobile quarterback is unable to move around, eh, that's not necessarily the same thing. So you always do want to be diving into how close to 100% a guy does wind up being. But if you take a look at the regular season games that these two teams wind up playing, Lightning fared quite well in them. And I do think that this is a Tampa Bay Lightning team that they're going to be a pest to the Colorado Avalanche because They've got one thing that is just really boating in their favor. In my opinion, they've got by far the best goalie in this series, and that's Andre Vasilevsky. I mean, he has shown it all throughout the postseason, wound up having that rough game one against the New York Rangers and really passed that. This guy has been absolutely lights out. You take a look at the last time these two teams wound up playing, you do have to go back a little bit ago. That was more in February. That was the 3-2 to two game. Vasilevsky was able to do a very solid job, and that one wasn't necessarily his fault that they wound up taking an L in that one. And ironically enough, Braden Point wound up having, I believe, a goal and an assist in that game for the Tampa Bay Lightning. But it is a case which for the Avalanche, they certainly do have just so many guys that are able to get after it in that game that I want to mention a little bit earlier, Vasilevsky. He needed to face 47 shots in that game. Meanwhile, the Lightning, they were able to get 38 shots on goal. So both of these teams, they are very high-octane offenses. They are certainly going to be looking to be on the attack, but... When it comes to this Avalanche team, they are dealing with quite a few injuries, and that's going to wind up putting them a little bit behind the eight ball. So the lines aren't necessarily going to be looking the same for the Avalanche, so that's not necessarily too terrific. You take a look at this Lightning team in general, and I just feel like there is something to that championship pedigree, and it's in all sports as well, whether it be the NHL right now, you've got the Lightning, not just a champion, but a two-time champion looking to slug it out. You've got... In college basketball, just coaches that have been there, done that. Obviously, in the NFL, you're able to bank on guys like a Tom Brady who has won so many Super Bowls. And I do think that the same 
winds up holding true for the Lightning if you're looking for an ultimate team sport. I truly do think that it is hockey as well because you've got so many lines, you've got so many guys that they need to really know their role. But in terms of most impactful players to a game, when it comes to major, when it comes to just all major sports, I would say that the NFL quarterback is number one. But I think that the goaltender in terms of the NHL, not too far behind. Now, obviously facing off against 20 shots rather than 40, that's going to make a big giant impact as well. But you just take a look at this Avalanche team. The fact that they've been dealing with some ailments of their own, that winds up hurting them with Kupinar. He has been dealing with a little bit of an injury, so you've got to think that Pavel Francoeur is going to be the guy that is going to be seeing a lot of the action throughout this entire series. So that has been an issue for this Colorado Avalanche team. And, I mean, the understudy has been able to do a solid job, allowing right around 2.55 goals per game. The save percentage has been hovering right around 92%. So this has been a guy that has been pretty exceptional here in the playoffs. Still has been able to do a relatively solid job. It's fallen a little bit from the regular season, but still has been able to do a solid job holding down the fort for an avalanche team. that They wound up having a lot of higher scoring games throughout the entirety of this postseason. Meanwhile, it was a case of which if you were taking a look at unders in the Lightning series, you were able to make yourself a whole bunch of money. You were seeing five and a halfs all throughout that series. Game one winds going over and then the rest of the way, just a bunch of unders with Andre Vasilevsky being able to hold it down and really his best work game in that sweep over the Florida Panthers. One of the best offenses that we've seen in the NHL in a long time. Completely and utterly held them down. The Panthers only getting three goals in four games. That's got to be one of the most dominant series that we've ever seen from a goaltender. And right now we're seeing this total at six. And at DraftKings, the over now is juice of a minus 120. So it winds up, it's a case of which what winds up winning out here, the just absolutely tremendous goaltending or the fact that You've got a pair of teams that they just get so many shots on goal. They get so many opportunities to be able to score. So I think that that's going to be interesting to take a look at. And it's also a little bit of a case when it comes to game one of rest versus rust. We wound up seeing it with the Tampa Bay Lightning after they wound up getting their sweep of the Florida Panthers. They were going against a team in the New York Rangers that they had already had a lather in them. They were just coming off of a game seven. So they were... A little bit more, I guess you could call it, just in rhythm. And you wound up seeing the Rangers be able to get out. They won game one and game two. And then from there, the Lightning just wound up putting, putting the kibosh on that. Meanwhile, for the Colorado Avalanche, it's been relatively easy street. They have not really been pushing any of these series. They wound up being able to sweep the Edmonton Oilers. So they were able to get the job done in very easy and convincing fashion there. They did wind up having to go to six games with the Blues. But, I mean, they just completely... Took apart the Nashville Predators in round number one. And really, with regards to the Avalanche, it has been very much an over team. They have been able to score at least four goals. And I think something like eight out of their last nine postseason games, it has been absolutely insane to be able to watch them and just be able to put the biscuit in the basket. But I do think that the goaltending is going to be winning out a little bit more with regards to both game one and the series. I think that this is a game in which the Lightning coming in, having played a little bit more recently, being in rhythm, I think that that's going to be very important for them. I do think that this is a relatively tough matchup for the Colorado Avalanche as well because quite a few of the games that these two teams wound up playing during the regular season, they were a little bit lower scoring as well. So I do think that the Lightning, just having all that championship experience, it is going to be able to bode well for them. And it feels like the pressure in this series as well is on the Colorado Avalanche because year in and year out, we've been asking, all right, the Avalanche, they've been able to do it in the regular season. They've been able to have all these great results. Are they going to be able to do it in the, in the playoffs? And 
to this point. This is the first time that they've been able to make the cup final. So I do think that it's a case in which it's going to weigh on the avalanche. Meanwhile, the Lightning, with having already won two straight Stanley Cups, I mean, I'm sure that these guys are not saying like, oh, what is my legacy going to be? What are they going to be talking about on Sports Talk Radio, on shows like VEASAN and everything like that? They certainly aren't thinking that way. But that said, a little bit of the pressure is off of them a little bit more because they've already got two under their belt. It's not like anyone's going to be supremely disappointed that, oh, no, the Lightning. They only wound up getting three straight Stanley Cups, winning two of them or anything like that. Now you know that the guys are going to want to come out with all of their might to be able to get it and everything like that. But I think that the Lightning are going to come out a little bit more loose, having already been in this spot twice the last two years, and one being in a very strange circumstances with that NHL bubble as well. I think it's going to bode well for them. I like the Lightning in Game 1, and I like the Lightning getting a good plus price for the series. And we always like getting great guests on this show. Jason Weingarten, he does a great job with the podcast of Wide World Weingarten. He's going to be joining me next to talk a little baseball right here on VEASAN Esports Bank Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. We're back here on the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Greg Goops Peterson holding it down for Scott Seidenberg. And great to be joined by our guest as this man has a podcast within the VSIN family. It is the wide world of Weingarten as Jason Weingarten joining me right here on the show. You're able to sp- follow him on Twitter at Spreadopedia. And Jason, great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you. How's it going? It's going well, and I know it's going quite well for yourself because I know that we were talking a little bit off air, and it sounds like you've got a little bit of a play on Ronald Acuna Jr. to be able to win the NL MVP. What did you wind up getting on it, and what wound up making you pull the trigger on Ronald Acuna? You know, uh, what made me do it to answer that first was actually I was just watching one of the games, one of the recent games. He hit a leadoff home run, came up second at bat, hit a home run, and uh, I just kind of started thinking to myself, you know, he's actually pretty good. Even even though he missed the beginning of the season, I was like, well, the Braves are in the middle of, what, a 9-10 game win streak at that point. He had actually drifted up all the way to 80-1 to at the uh, Superbook, the Westgate Superbook. And I'd, I'd been eyeing that number. I was like, wow, that's a really big number. Um, finally, I, I missed it. I, I, I got in at 30 which is not nearly as good as 80 to one, but uh, very, very good number for a guy who's playing like one of the best players in the NL right now. Yeah. I mean, it's been amazing to be able to take a look at him to your point. Did wind up missing quite a few games to begin the season, a little bit under 30 ish. But with that said, you got to feel like this Atlanta Braves win streak winds up helping him out. And we did wind up seeing Ozzy Albies wind up going out of the fold on Monday as well. Sounds like he's going to be out for quite a while. Does this wind up having a little bit of an impact for you as well? Because I always feel like the voters with regards to these awards, they're always looking for storylines. And with the Atlanta Braves currently taking on the Washington Nationals, I don't think that this is a streak that is going to be coming to an end on Tuesday. And I feel like the longer this winds up going, the more it winds up building the case and winds up giving a nice flashy storyline for them. Yeah, I mean, the Albies injury is unfortunate for the Braves. It won't really impact Acuna in the MVP race too much, but... Um, yeah, if the Braves make the playoffs, if they could somehow jump the, uh, jump the Mets and win the division, I think that 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 leads down to seven and a half games. It was as high as 10 or 11 and a half recently. So 
still plenty of time to uh, win that division. I think uh, I think there's several scenarios in both the AL and the NL MVP where uh, a team winning the division might push a player over the top. Yep, I think so as well, because you do take a look at the National League Award, and many people took beginning of the season, they were looking at Juan Soto, and boy, that's not looking good for him right now, but I take a look at the National League MVP Award right now. My top two, firstly, would be Mookie Betts and Paul Goldschmidt. I don't know if you agree slash disagree with those two guys, but I've got them towards the top, but then Really, after that, it becomes a little bit more of a horse of peace situation. And with Ronald Acuna Jr., it's hard to put him in like a top three as of right now. But as we know, once you wind up getting a bigger sample size, once you wind up getting past 100 plus, so instead of Acuna having played only 33 to this point, he's played like 65, 70 out of 100. It's really going to be able to help out his case. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Goldschmidt bets, like you mentioned, um, deserving to be the front runners. Manny Machado right up there with them. I'm not sure if uh, when all's said and done, if the Dodgers end up not winning the division, if uh, Mookie Betts is going to win it at the end of the year. Uh, I liked him a lot better at 20 to one than I do at, you know, plus 275. But uh, when you get past that, you still got Bryce Harper, uh, Pete Alonzo. I don't think you mentioned him. And then you get into the Acunas and the others. But uh, it's, it's a very deep race. It's, uh, I don't think it's anywhere close to settled. Oh, I'm in total agreement with you there. And I did not mention Pete Alonso, who also, by the way, led the the National League in home runs on the road last season. He's up to 18 this year. Mm-hmm. It's been absolutely tremendous for him. So good point there on Pete Alonso. And I just take a look at being able to gauge some of these streaks as well, because we're talking about Ronald Acuna, his candidacy for NL MVP. And when it comes to taking a look at a team like the Atlanta Braves, that right now they're riding a 12-game win streak, we wound up seeing a few losing streaks as well. The Brewers wind up busting them, busting one on Sunday. How do you wind up playing these teams on a day in and day out basis, taking a look at them, that they're either on a very big winning streak or a very big losing streak? Do you wind up shading your numbers a little bit one way or another? Not really. Um, I did bet against the Angels a decent amount when the streak got, you know, pretty, pretty noticeable. Um I think there are situations where teams just end up in a free fall, but it's a little early for that. I also don't really bet win streaks. I don't bet on a team just because they won the day before. Uh, that's not the way I, I do things particularly, but I do notice it. You know, I, I notice what the, the Braves are doing, what the Phillies are doing, what the Angels are doing right now. Yep, I do think that that's the best way to be able to go about it. Maybe you wind up putting a little bit of weight in it. You don't want to be completely just blind to a team that's won like eight plus straight games. But at the same time, it's not a case of which if you would make a team like pretty much a pick them that all of a sudden they need to be some big giant favorite. So I'm in total agreement with you there. And when it comes to the MLB slate for Tuesday, we've actually got 16 games because we've got a double dip between the Pirates and the St. Louis Cardinals. So all these teams are going to be in play. Is there any game or two that's really standing out to you, whether it be from a just bet on the game standpoint or maybe a team or a player that you might be looking at with regards to the futures market? Yeah, I made a couple bets overnight already. I start betting about now, usually maybe about an hour ago. Um, So for tomorrow, the, the bets I've started to make, I bet the Dodgers under nine minus 120. I think that's probably going to move to eight and a half over overnight by the morning i bet the brewers brewers plus 132 i bet the reds the reds plus 107 
I've been betting the Reds a lot lately. It's a weird, weird <laughs> sort of thing. Um, and then the uh, the Cleveland Guardians on the road at Coors Field. I laid one and a half on the run line, and I might lay two and a half tomorrow. Two and a half plus one seventy or something. Um, I haven't done any alt lines yet, but uh, typically if I like a road uh, a road team at Coors, I'm probably going to lay one and a half with them. And I think that that's so interesting to take a look at as well because we've got a guy in Antonio Sensatello. I'm not even kidding here. He's giving up 14 and a half hits for nine innings in a place at Coors Field in which, well, the ball winds up flying quite a bit. And we've also got a total of 10 and a half as well, which I think is intriguing. So to your point of being able to take a look at alternate run lines, it's easier to be able to get a multiple run games. But how do you wind up gauging something where you've got a starter of Shane Bieber who right now he's got a roadie area that's hovering right around two. He has been pretty terrific the last few starts. you got a guy in Antonio Sensatello who everyone's getting a hit off of him right now because I always think that it's interesting when you take a look at totals when you've got one guy that's just on top of his game and a guy that is a complete opposite. Yeah, I mean, it's also Shane Bieber. You know, uh, even even going into Coors, it's, it's, he's still a great pitcher, but uh, I think I, I like the over on that game, so it was something that came into play with the run line. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, it's all just baked into the price, the, a lot of the stuff you mentioned. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because, I mean, Coors Field, they're always going to have the highest totals out there on the board, unless if you've got something exceptional out there where, like, the wind is blowing at, like, 30 miles per hour at Wrigley Field or something like that. And I'm glad that you mentioned the fact that you do typically wind up taking a lot of overnights as well, because I always think that this is relatively critical when it comes to Major League Baseball, just being able to take a look at things the night before. You don't want to maybe want to fire in before you wind up seeing anything that wound up having the day before. If you wind up having a starter that gets knocked out after two innings, the team winds up throwing like seven innings out of their bullpen, something like that. That's not necessarily ideal, but what winds up all going into what you wind up taking a look at overnight? Because I have to think that you wind up taking a look at a lot of the games the night before for bullpen use. And then you wind up being able to sort of have that backed up with the stuff that you wind up taking a look at a little bit beforehand as well. Yeah, I mean, so the thing with overnight is typically the the limits are a lot lower, um, but you know that the the books that the take overnights usually let the sharp sort of set the market for them. So you're you're getting the most value the earlier you bet. You're also sacrificing the most value at higher limits later later on. You know the next day. So it's really a trade off. Um, depending on, on where you think a number is going to go. Like, uh, for example, the Dodgers, the under nine I mentioned, like, I know under nine is not going to be there tomorrow. I just know from experience that, you know, a, a number like that that I like is probably going to move to eight and a half. But um, typically, I, I just start overnight. I don't I don't go crazy on uh, overnight limits, but I'm, I'm always looking to, to get down at the best numbers um, as early as possible. And I do think that taking overnights, especially when it comes to Major League Baseball, where you can oftentimes find a lot of line moves of like 25 plus cents when you wind up waking up the next day, it is highly critical. So I think that that's a great point that you make, Jason. And Jason, whenever you wind up joining me, you always provide great content. Pleasure as always having you aboard. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Uh, Yeah, I got a new podcast coming out tomorrow. Going to have some uh, Rookie of the Year stuff. Looking forward to uh, getting that out and talking, uh, talking about the races. 
And that is the wide world of Wine Garden. You're able to find that wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, list goes on and on. Jason does an absolutely terrific job there. And we're going to continue the baseball chat on the other side. Take a look at a few games for Tuesday right here on VEASAN Esports Bank Network. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to be able to tackle sports betting from a local perspective. There are CityCasts for Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now we've added Washington, D.C. to the mix. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, list goes on and on. And while you're there, you're able to subscribe to the wide world of Wine Garden as Jason Weingarten, the host of that fine podcast, wound up joining me in the last segment. Always great to be able to talk some shop with him. Wound up taking a look at the futures market, a few bets that he's got for Tuesday as well. So that was a lot of fun. Always good to be able to get him aboard. Now let's dive into a few more games that we've got for Tuesdays. There are a few games that are they're just starting to come onto the board. We wound up having some, shall we say, mystery starters when it came to the double dip between the Pirates and the Cardinals. He wound up having the Washington Nationals decide to send up to the big leagues, Mr. Jackson. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Tetrielt, hopefully I'm saying that one correctly, he's going to be making that start. The Detroit Tigers, they're a little bit all over the place as well. So had quite a few question marks with regards to the board. This one is not a question mark, and this one is one of the bigger underdogs that we're going to be finding for Tuesday. As a matter of fact, I think that they are the biggest underdog. And this is 979-980, one of the interleague games. They're going to be seeing San Francisco Giants. They're going to be playing also the Kansas City Royals with Chris with a K, Bubich going for the Royals, and Logan Webb is going to be on the bump for the Giants. The Giants are anywhere between about a minus 240 to a minus 255 favorite, and when it comes to the Royals, going to be getting them anywhere between plus $2, and where I'm at at Circa, that is the best price that you're finding on them at plus 220, and nowhere close to being enough for me to be able to take this one, and I'm someone that I really love being able to get these plus $2 underdogs. I was a sucker for all those plus prices. And we wound up seeing two weeks ago in like that Pirates versus Dodgers game or that Dodgers series, I should say. But this is one that I can't touch with a 10-foot pole. Chris with K. Bubich has not made it out of the first setting in already two different starts this season. And it's a very small sample size, but he has made two appearances on the road thus far this season. And his road ERA is an 18. 
that's not good, especially when you're facing off against a guy in Logan Webb, who the win streak that the San Francisco Giants had had for Logan Webb at home wound up coming to an end in his last start against the Colorado Rockies. He had The team had won 18 straight starts Logan Webb had made during the regular season at home prior to that one. So it has been a case in which Logan Webb has been just absolutely dominant in San Francisco. And the Giants' bullpen is starting to pick it up a little bit more. It got off to a relatively shaky start this season. There was a combination of injuries and just not having Buster Posey in the fold anymore. I think that it really went under the radar. I was able to help this bullpen be able to maneuver in general because Buster Posey just an ultimate guy that winds up knowing the very little things to be able to push his team over the top as a result. I think that you did wind up seeing this bullpen really suffer as a result. Currently, the Giants, they're 24th in the league in terms of bullpen ERA, but those numbers are getting a little bit better as things are going along. You've been able to find some of these guys like Zach Liddell, Dominique Leon, Jake McGee, who wound up having rough starts to the season, most of them due to injuries, come back. They've been able to look a little bit better. So that is something that is worth noting. And when it comes to San Francisco Giants as well, they play in a very pitcher-friendly ballpark out there in the Bay Area. And yet, this has still been one of the top offenses in all of baseball. The Giants, they rank fourth overall in terms of runs per game. And they score more runs at home rather than on the road. They're putting up five runs per game. And in the look at this Kansas City Royals team, they've been able to do a better job with regards to their offense recently. To their credit, this has been a team that has been able to score four-plus runs in seven out of their last ten games. But right now, they're putting up right around 3.8, 3.9 runs per game. That is in the bottom five in all of baseball. And fighting a lot of AL Central teams towards the bottom of the big leagues in terms of runs per game, the White Sox. The Royals, the Detroit Tigers, has not been going great for that entire division in general, but what else this Royals team has going against them? Their bullpen has been wretched. They are in the bottom five of the big leagues in terms of bullpen area. They had to use up Josh Samount on Monday. That is not going to be helping things out because he's one of their more trustworthy guys and a guy that was really coming into his own in the start of things. And I mean, it was a case of which Amir Garrett wanted coming in why the Royals wound up signing him, and why anyone is high on Amir Garrett at all, I have no idea. He's now got a 675 ERA. And honestly, him pitching yesterday actually should give you a little bit of an upgrade on the Kansas City Royals. He's been that bad this season, but certainly has been a bad case for this team in general, though I will say, for the Kansas City Royals, what has been good for this team, Bobby Witt Jr., he's now hitting right around 245, wound up getting off to a really, really rough start to begin the season, but he wound up having a stretch of games, which I think in six straight games, he wound up having an RBI. And you take a look at what he's been able to do over the last 30 days, 345 on base, 280 batting average, seven home runs, 18 RBI. That's going to be able to get the job done. Salvador Perez is coming off the injured list. He's starting to provide a little bit of something. Now, Carlos Santana, no, not the singer that wound up winning a bunch of awards many, many years ago for Maria. Maria, rather, the guy that's probably singing Maria, Maria, because he's hitting a buck 85 right now. Just has not been good for this team. Emmanuel Rivera at the bottom of the fold has not been able to do a lot. It's been a relatively rough bunch in general. And then you take a look at the San Francisco Giants. Jock Peterson, 13 home runs, hitting at 265. He's been very good in the middle of this lineup. And the Giants, they are as good at platooning as any team out there in baseball. They know the matchups. They know how to be able to have a lot of these guys be able to get some hard contact. I mean, take a look at a guy that they want to picking up off the scrap heap in Austin wins. He was... Absolutely terrible while he was with the Baltimore Orioles. There's no other way of putting it. He was a complete and utter cast off. It's a small sample size, but he's hitting a 417 as sort of a situational catcher. They were hoping for a little bit more out of Joey Bart. Hopefully he'll be able to take the reins 
from Buster Posey in a few years. Clearly not ready right now. Kirk Caselli has been getting a couple spot starts over there at the catcher spot as well, but certainly has been a little bit of a tough case for them, but they do just such a good job of being able to find a way to be able to get these guys in, be able to get them just sort of at their peak. So I do take a look at the Giants. I do think that they present some relatively solid value. Now, when you do wind up laying run lines at home, because this is just something in which, even though I see an edge on the money line with regards to the Giants, I would much rather be able to reduce the juice here. Run line, you're finding it in a lot of spots right around a minus 115 to a minus 120. I think that there's solid value there. I think that this is a good time to be able to utilize it. And for Logan Webb, he's been a little bit down with regards to the numbers they wanted putting up last season, even at home. So this is a situation which I do think that the Giants, they're going to continue to roll with their offense. I look at this spot, and I like the over, and I do like the run line here. So we're going to be taking a look at that with regards to Royals versus Giants. And then the battle for Los Angeles is going to be going on as well. I know that Jason was mentioning the fact that he likes the under of nine in this spot between the LA Angels and the LA Dodgers with Tony Gonsolin going for the Dodgers and Noah Thor Syndergaard going for the Angels. And I'm in agreement with them. If you're able to get a nine, I would say take it down because right now the juice, it is starting to come in on the under. This wound up opening up with right around minus 115-ish juice on the under. And as I'm seeing in most places, now this more between a minus 120 to a minus 125. That makes the over in between even a plus 105. Now the LA Dodgers are starting to get a little bit hefty with regards to the money line. You're finding them after they wound up opening up for minus $2, right around minus $2 to so minus 210. But if you are taking a look at that giant or that LA Dodgers run line, you're finding it anywhere between about even money to a minus 105. Minus 105 would be pretty much the max. That'd be one to lay here. But when you've got an LA Dodgers lineup that is firing all cylinders and you've got so many guys that they are able to do a solid job of being able to put back to ball, that is very solid for this team, including Mookie Betts, who if the season were to end right now, he would make my vote for MVP. It's very close between E. Pete Alonso is really coming on strong to the point of Jason Weingarten from the last segment. You've also had Paul Goldschmidt doing a solid job as well, but love the way that he's been able to provide 16 home runs at that leadoff spot. Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, these guys ring above a 285 as well, so you got some solid play there. And for the LA Angels, the problem for the team, as it always is, it's not the offense, as you've got Mike Trout back in the fold. Do you want to have a multiple home run game against the New York Mets? Joey Otani's been able to go deep 13 times. Jared Walsh has been able to give you double the amount of homers, even with Taylor Ward out of the fold. You still had guys, even like Luis Ranifo, be able to do a solid job of being able to get on base. But once again, it's just that terrible bullpen of the LA Angels that is really costing them. They were hoping that Aaron Loop along with Ryan Tapera will be able to come in and get the ball to Rossio Iglesias. For one, they're both providing a north of four ERA right now. And for two, even when they do wind up getting the ball to Rossio Iglesias, it's not necessarily been shut down. Among the 30 MLB teams right now, you're finding the Angels towards the bottom. With regards to bullpen ERA, they're currently 23rd. And for Noah Thor Syndergaard, home and road splits, very big for him. He's got a sub-two ERA at home. Whenever he's been able to pitch in front of his home crowd, he has been tremendous. North of a 7 ERA on the road. He's going up against a guy in Tony Gonsolin who's got a sub-2 ERA, has done a tremendous job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. When he's been in Los Angeles, he's been at his best, posting up a 1 ERA. I think that Gonsolin is going to be able to once again come out, give a relatively solid start. And the ball, when it comes to the nighttime in Los Angeles, doesn't necessarily travel the same as it would during the daytime as well. So 
I, I am right there with Jason. I do like this total under, and I also do like the Dodgers on the run line. And what else I like is that we've got a full slate of action when it comes to Tuesday coming up next. Going to take a look at a few games from the National League right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.